Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Perfect. Hi, I'm Donovan, and I'm here with Tony from the Windows team, and we're going to talk about how they use Git with VSTS. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Um, my name is Tony Seeley. I'm the uh, GPM of the source control management team within the WDGES uh, group within Windows. So that was a long acronym. Tell me what all those letters mean. Okay, so WDG is the Windows Devices group. So okay. that encompasses um, all of the Windows Core OS team. It also um, has components of Xbox and components of um, some of our analog solutions, like our HoloLens, that team as well. Okay, great. Desktop, all, all those sort of areas. Perfect. And the reason we wanted to have you on the show is generally this show is for people who are curious of how Microsoft does DevOps. And generally, I've had a lot of the Visual Studio Team Services people on this team. So we've talked about how they use VSTS because they dog food it. Right. But it, when I did one of the shows with Manil Shaw, we were talking about how we do safe deployment, and there was a special little ring called 4A. And he had to come back to the show and explain to everyone that 4A was the Windows team and that they actually had their own scale unit, their own stamp of VSTS because they were so big that they're our largest customer. So we thought, hey, it'd be great to have our largest customer since it happens to be us come in and talk to us about how you made the transition to Git, why you chose Git, and what you learned in that transition. Because I, I can imagine when you have a, a repository the size that you have, we had to do a lot of special stuff to make that work. Yeah, so um, lots of stuff to cover. So um, uh, two years ago, we were predominantly using a um, source control system called Source Depot, um, which was a, a rebranded version of a, um, a version of Perforce back from 1999. Oh, okay. And so they've been our engineers have been using it extensively for quite a long time, 17 years. Wow. And um, uh, we had source code that amassed in excess of 350 gigs. Um, which also contained a large number of binaries and build assets, the things that were also held within the source control system, which isn't the best thing to store inside a source control system. Um, we uh, had a, it was a centralized solution, um, and the big challenge was, was that um, scale and support and, 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 uh, and reliability, the system was starting to fall over. Okay. If you think back to sort of five years ago now, um, when teams like Windows and Phone and Xbox were all separate teams, and then when um, uh, Terry Myson was made exec vice president um, uh, under Satya, they, they merged the teams together into what was then called OSG, uh, the Operating Systems Group. Okay. And they put all those teams together. And so they amassed all their source together, and they amassed sure. all their work management together, and all of their, their assets together. Um, and so the, what was a, a six, 7,000 team became a 15,000 FTE, 22,000 with vendor team Goodness. that was driving this huge monster. Gotcha. Um, that meant that we had around about 7,500 active developers that were changing code. And we averaged around about 10% at the, the hotspots at the worst, busiest time. It was about, so there'd be 750 people actively using the system. Okay, gotcha. And so, why Git, right? So Perforce is, uh, is source depot's falling over, but there's other source control systems out there. Why Git? So what we actually did was we, um, we, we, um, we did a lot of analysis. Um, we looked at the uh, the current solution we had. We looked at some other competitive solutions. Um, we looked at GID as well under VSTS. Um, and we, we built a, a collection of requirements that really were governed based on the challenges we had in SD. And so the big challenges we had in SD was, was that um, one of the reasons why we merged everyone together 
was that we wanted to have a centralized operating system that was the basis of all of our assets. So Xbox were on the same core as Windows was on the same core as IoT was on the same core, et cetera. And to do that, it meant that we had to increase our ability to collaborate and experiment across one big code base. And the uh, big challenge we had with our Source Depot solution was that it wasn't really designed well for heavy, heavy collaboration. Also, because of um, some of the challenges around our, our build time meant that um, we had a very, very deep branch structure. So the time it took for code to be entered by a developer and then reach the hands of our customers was a long time. It took too long. Um, four or five years ago, Windows was releasing twice a year, or sorry, once every two years. Right. Um, and with the advent of OSG, now WDG, um, there was a big emphasis on us flighting regularly through our WIP program, which sure. is which super popular, uh, and doing much more regular releases. Um, and we have actually teams that work within WDG um, that are actually releasing daily, like our, our stores uh, are, are updating stuff daily, Xbox released monthly. So, so we needed a system that would enable us to get code to customers much, much faster. Okay. And, um, and, and Git didn't, uh, sorry, SD didn't let us do that. So it was bad for collaboration, it was bad for experimentation, code flow velocity wasn't great. Okay. And we were starting to hit reliability issues just based on the volume, the sure. size of the, the monster we had. Right, but that's interesting because you mentioned the size, but out of the box, Git didn't support the size of your repo anyway. So it wasn't no. as if you went from something that was bad with a repo of close to 300 gigabytes to something that was great for it, right? You went to something that was equally as bad, if not worse, uh, with that f type of repo. So, so what happened was we did this full evaluation, and we, we did identify there was no solution off the shelf that would meet our needs. No. Got it. You know, SD, we had this big table with, um, I think it was like 25 requirements we had going down the list. And there was a, a sizable chunk of red under SD. And we looked at competitive solutions as well. And we looked at Git. And Git also had some red you know, issues. But the reason why we picked Git over the alternatives was that we felt that we could fix the Git solutions. Got so I'll give you an example. So um, one of the big things we wanted to do was we wanted to um, embrace an industry standard and where we would benefit from open community tooling. And if we were to go to a, you know, a, you know, a, a solution that didn't have the coverage of Git, which I believe is something like 70% of the market, we wouldn't have been able to change that. I can't make people use another solution. And so the big challenge we had with Git, and the only real big challenge we had was scale for our numbers and our size. And so we chose to address that. Okay, and from what I understand, uh, I, I know I've been on stage and I've said this, that, that Windows has the largest Git repository that yep. there is, and what is that size right now? Right now it's around 270 gigs. In fact, we're, we're looking at making it a bit bigger. Um, okay. It was around 350, <clears throat> and what we did was we took a lot of things that really shouldn't be in a source control system out. Um, a lot of binaries were taken out, and we stored those in um, artifact services in VSTS, okay. um, and then we just all the manifest for that package inside the repo, so that as people are actually um, downloading the, or cloning the repo and then making changes, they could actually pull those things from AS as they need them. Okay. But we think that um, there are some things, some of our loc um, information we also mm -hmm. pulled out, we're thinking of putting back. So it might pop it just over the 300 gig thing once right. we do that. And it's interesting because you keep mentioning binaries and source control, and historically centralized version control systems aren't terrible with those, but Git is. So I mean, <coughs> it, it exaggerates the problem when you go to Git when you, when you put binaries in there. So taking those out must have been a huge relief on, 
on your use of Git, but it still didn't fix your problem. No, not so. Going, yeah, going from 350 to 270 is not fixing Git's issue with that. No, I think the um, the the clone time, if we had taken the VSTS version of Git, the public version that sure. everyone uses, would have been 45 hours to clone. <laughs> and to do a status command, which I think is probably the most common command that people run during the day, would have been about 45 minutes. Wow. So not, not, not usable at all. No. So. For those who don't know, what we did was we created a brand new virtual file system. Yep. Right, GVFS, and that allowed you. So, how did that affect the numbers? Clearly, it's usable now uh, for you guys. But what did? How did some of the comparisons on the numbers? So, um, a clone went from around 15 hours down to around eight minutes. Okay. Um, and things like commit and status um, and check in all went from the 40 plus minutes down to seconds. Wow. So we're not, still not there with the performance we want. I mean, um, uh, Git status is around about 3.5 seconds on average. Okay. And we want it to be faster. Sure. And, and we, we have a, a, a phenomenal collaborative engagement with DevDiv where we are working on continually improving that. Which and DevDiv is the organization that builds all of our developer tools like VSTS. Yeah. Right. So uh, you work closely with them because you are the benchmark, right? If if we and I always I've said this on stage too. It's like if we can handle Windows, we can handle you. I don't even I don't even have to ask you about what you do. Yeah. Right? If we can handle Windows, we can definitely handle you. There's, there's no one that comes close in our repo size. I didn't think so. Yeah. And, not, and not only internally to Microsoft, but anywhere because you've spoken yeah. to some of our, our peers and competitors, and yeah, no one is talking. And a little bit on the public record as well. A number of companies have tried with big Git repos and 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 quite understandably failed. I mean the the dev experience when you're waiting forever to clone or to check out branches or to uh, or to do anything really is, is because the the um, the index system inside Git is not designed for very very large sure. numbers of files. We have around three and a half million files inside our repo. Unbelievable. So uh, I should state that um, while the GVFS solution was super successful um, for us, um, although it's not finished, we still got work to do. It wasn't our first attempt. Our first oh, attempt was to um, um, we tried heavily using caching. Uh, we had cache servers that we built to try and uh, uh, enable us to support the solution. And that was just not successful at all. We, uh, we, we, we worked on that for quite a few months, and the end result was, was not good. So um, we, 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 uh, we took a step back. We, we reviewed the, the approaches that we had at our disposal. We worked closely with DevDiv. And um, we came up with um, a way to actually virtualize the solution. OK, so we've talked about the technology. But when you make a shift like this, there's also people. Yeah. In process, so let's <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I'd get a, a reaction on that. I hated Git. I right. mean, I I had an allergic reaction to it. I was centralized my entire career, and all of a sudden, here comes this thing where I have to go to the command line and type all these cryptic commands. And I wanted it to be centralized, and it wasn't. And I was really, I mean, publicly on stage, I would bash Git every chance that I could get. Right. And eventually, it became a joke. And then <laughs> my dirty little secret, because now I use Git exclusively. So talk to me about. That had to be a really painful move for people who have been slinging Windows code their entire career to yeah. have to move from a centralized version control system. It was it was painful for a lot of people. I'll be honest. For some people, it's still painful. There are individuals that are still struggling. Um, when you've been using the same source control system for 17 years, and for whatever reason we we, we change it, it can be somewhat painful. Yeah. Um, but you know we 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 are sort of um, trying to build the right solutions for the modern workforce. To encourage, you know, people that are joining us from industry and colleges are, are, are excited and pumped about what we're doing. So, so that's why we made the choice, and I think it's right. But how we did it was interesting. Um, the uh, the first thing we had to do is we had to explain why. There was everybody came to us and said, um, just fix Source Depot. What's the problem? And so what we had to do is we had to um, really coming up with a meaningful way that we could share the value and the benefits of Git. 
And the way we did that was we actually made a, a three minute video, yeah. animated video that we, um, we just shared with everybody. It was tons of communication showing the value that we would get. And uh, it, it, it must have had um, you know, 20 different value points that we were targeting, which met all of our requirements we'd identified originally, um, that we could you know, communicate and share and provide understanding. And I think that helped. The, the other thing was, was um, we had to go down a route of um, really, really clear expectations. Yeah. Uh, make sure that people understood that the first version that we actually went to production would not be the, the perfect utopia solution. Um, and also, we, 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 I should call out, we didn't know when we started this whether VSTS would scale for the 400 concurrent users that we were hitting. I mentioned earlier there was 7,500 people. Um, uh, by the time we actually started migrating people to Git, 3,500 of them had already moved to Git, really, under um, the absolute standard version of, of uh, uh, VSTS. Okay. Um, because they had much more competitized source, sure. they could build in isolation, which they loved, by the way, because their, their cycle time and everything was super quick. Um, they loved the tools. They loved using Visual Studio on their desktop and using VSTS to yeah. manage their pull requests. So they were happy that we had this 4,000 users that were really working on the core guts of Windows that was um, relatively monolithic and hard for us to decouple. Um, with a much longer build cycle time that we had to go and fix. And those are the targeted audiences for the 270 gig repo. Yeah, well, when you, you were talking about the video that you used to kind of, it's like a horrible word, like the propaganda, like, hey, this is going to be good. It's but, PR. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, didn't we have that, to explain. But didn't that happen before you knew it was going to fail miserably? Because it, it, it didn't. No, 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 no. Okay, this, so. was, this was, um, so, so what actually happened was, um, um, the, the, the first version of rollout didn't go well. I don't, I don't think that we, uh, and also we didn't really do a lot of planning on how we were going to deploy and communicate and everything. So, so when we came up with the GBFS idea, while that was under construction, that was the timing when we went and did all this work. Got it, got so it. So we, we created the video. Um, we did a lot of um, road shows. We'd go out with a walking deck of, of pretty much 10 slides. And we met with every director and every dev manager in the division and we'd sit with them for an hour, and we'd explain what we're doing, and we made it clear what to expect. It's trying to set their expectations. We created a, um, a sort of a, it was a joke at first, but it was very popular. We created a, um, a poster that we put everywhere around, the, around the, the whole of the campus, which was entitled The Five Stages of Git, which was based on the five stages of grief. <laughs> um, and we actually saw people go through these stages, you know, when they, you know, there's denial of the beginning, and there's this bargaining thing in the middle where they'd come and say, well, how about I do this in Source Depot? And we go, no, no, you're bargaining. <laughs> and, they, and they got it. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm bargaining. And yeah. then people would actually email us and say, I've, I've reached acceptance. I've got it now. That's awesome. So that, w that, was, that was really helpful. Then it was training. Um, we actually wrote a ton of Git training. Hmm. Um, and we, 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 we did lots of interviews with customers. And we found that what they really wanted was some good documentation but with a, also a small three-minute video at the top of each document. So they didn't have to read it if they didn't have time. They could just watch the video, which might be a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Sure. And we did a ton of that, and we rolled that out. And then we actually ran training courses. Um, the biggest one was we had two 1,000 people training courses wow. on two consecutive days. So wow. we did 2,000 people over two days wow. and we, for a whole day. And we stood up, and we started off by teaching them Git fundamentals. Sure. Um, nothing to do with GVFS, just how Git was different. Because um, uh, as I'm, I know you, know you know, not all source control systems are created equal. And, and the way that you work with Git, 
which is probably why you hated it originally, is fundamentally different <laughs> from a centralized source control system. Absolutely. And so we had to explain that. We had to sort of explain, and th there's also much more verbose. I mean, you type a lot more commands in Git than in some other solutions. Yeah. And so we had to explain that too. And so we did a whole fundamentals training course, um, and then we went and explained to them how GVFS worked. And we made it super clear what the expectations were. And we said to them, these are the things you're not getting. And there was a slew of um, capabilities that we had with our old system that they, didn't, they were not going to get day one. Um, you know, we had a, 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 a pre-check-in validation solution so that um, we could gate um, check-ins into the system mm -hmm. and knew we wouldn't break the build. We didn't have that built yet. And uh, our, our senior leadership were quite keen that we rolled the version of Git out even knowing that, and they were cool, they said, as long as you get that soon, and we said, yeah, we will. Um, and so we made all those things very, very clear. And I think that by setting those good expectations up front, um, people might not have been happy, but they weren't surprised. Sure. And I think it's surprise that really incurs anger and makes people disappointed. Understood, yeah, I think controlling expectations is, is valid in so many other aspects of our yeah. lives, right? It, it's really important. Now, you talked about some of the check marks on why you wanted to move to Git. Mm -hmm. One of those marks that is almost across the board for people who are moving to Git is the ability to branch so quickly. Right. So let's talk about the branching strategy or the structure that you currently have for Windows. Okay, so um, historically, again, stems back to our, our build um, challenges that we have because of the, the, the uh, dependency matrix graph that we have with inside Windows is, is vast, it's huge. So our build time is very long, and so because of that, um, we can't have a situation where the build is broken. That would just be disastrous. Because if you have a lot of people checking directly into master, and it takes 20 hours to do a build, and you don't find out for 20 hours that one of the last 700 people that checked something in broke it, you're never going to have a stable build. Understood. And so we ended up with this quite deep hierarchy. Nothing to do with Git. It stems all the way back to our, say our, our, our source depot days and our build um, challenges. Um, and it goes up to seven levels. Okay. where we would basically have our master branch, we would have a, um, uh, an integration branch at the director level. It was pretty much organizationally driven, which is not good either. It should be scenario driven, yeah, ideally. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we'd have dev manager levels, and we'd have lead levels, and then we'd have ICs working in there, and then if an IC was working on some big architectural change, they'd have another level under that. Because Source Depot was hierarchical. Mm -hmm. It was a parent-child, very parent-child driven solution. And so you ended up with these very, very deep structures. And when we chose to go to Git, we made the decision deliberately not to change the branch structure at the same time. We too felt much that, change at once. Right. We didn't want to move people's cheese too far. Yeah, so, yeah. so we kept the branch structure. And so we still have today quite a deep branch structure. So that means that um, we haven't reached the, the velocity we want to get code to customers quickly. We still have work to do there. Um, and the way we're, we're overcoming that is through um, better um, uh, pre-checking validation, gated CI solutions sure. that can validate code, and then we can shrink the graph. So that's what we're working on right now at this moment in time. Yeah, it's also interesting because the branching strategy also delivers, I mean, is also driven by your delivery mechanism. Uh, when I talk to the VSTS team, they're very unique. I shouldn't say unique, but they're building a 24 by 7 web service, mm -hmm. right, essentially. So they only have master and feature branches. Yep. But you have to support Windows 10, Windows 8, different yep. service packs. So 
in that hierarchy that you just described, is it also have release branches for previous versions of Windows? How is that handled? No, so we actually haven't migrated the previous versions of Windows. Okay. Uh, I think um, we're currently on RS5. We're working on, or just about to start RS5. We're in closing RS4 now. Okay. Um, I think um, RS3 was the first one that moved to Git. Everything prior to that is still in SD. So that means Windows 7, Windows 8, uh, anything that's still under support. Is in I think it would be because XP's gone. So it's it still in SD though. Okay, got it. Yeah, but you don't. We don't do anything with no. it. I would assume so. All versions of Windows before Windows 10 that are still in support are in service or source depot still. And threshold, which was Windows 10. Okay. Oh. So it's RS3 was the first was one. RS3. So RS1. So it, it, TH1, TH2 was threshold. Okay. And then on the Redstone wave, it was RS1, RS2, RS3. We're on RS4 right now, just coming gotcha. to the end. RS1 and RS2 are in SD. So RS4 was <laughs> the uh, creator's update thing? Is that, was, is that how that lines up? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because that's the last. Okay, got it. So that's, ooh, man, that has to be, that also has to be a challenge for the team, too, because if I def do, are there, because there's still maintenance and support going on on those other versions of Windows, and they're having to switch from Git over to the Source Depot. So we have a sustained engineering team, um, WSD, that actually looks after our older versions, our sustained, ah. and they, they work pretty exclusively in SD. Gotcha. What we do is we make sure that um, as fixes are found, we always try and make sure that we fix when an issue is found. We obviously fix it in the latest version of the solution, and then we backport the fixes sure. into the older version. So what we do is we provide mechanisms to backport those changes back into SD. Gotcha. So, but something else is important to call out is that as we made the transition, we didn't know, as I mentioned earlier, that whether um, VSTS would be able to scale to meet sure. our needs. So we had to have a we had to phase the delivery. So think about this: you've got, in essence, you've got one main line, which was it was called main line in SD. It's now master. In okay. And um, and you've got two source control systems, both with their own mainline master, mm. which you've got to sync all the time. <laughs> so we had to build a bridge that would daily sync the masters together bidirectionally. Yeah. So that the people working in SD, their changes would get into Git, and the people and working in Git would get into SD. Wow. So we uh, we had to build this whole bridge, and um, and we actually uh, pretty much uh, migrated a director's team one at a time. Um, so we started off with uh, our own team. We wanted to dog food the sure. solution, so we did ourselves. Um, then we did our fundamentals team. And then um, uh, based on uh, popular demand, we decided to move all of one core, which is uh, the, the majority of Windows. And that was 2,400 developers. And we started the migration on a Friday night, and we had finished by Saturday at 11 p.m. Wow. Um, and we were a bit shocked ourselves. Yeah, we thought it would take right, all yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it would take a lot longer than that. Um, and we had all day Sunday to validate the branches, so Monday morning they could come in and they'll be in Git. Sure. And um, they were banging on our door on Sunday lunchtime saying, can we come in now? And, and we didn't let them. We were too scared. <laughs> and um, subsequently, we were letting people in future teams as we migrated future teams at, on Saturday night. Gotcha. So we, we managed to move um, the source code for 2,500 people in, um, in, in something like 24, 25 hours. Wow. So it's interesting. We talked about the people having to be retrained, but now I'm hearing that a large portion of them are still in SD. Have those been very trained? Small. Oh, very, so, very so small. the sustaining group is a smaller. Oh, group. it's tiny. It's like a gotcha. few hundred people. Gotcha. But those few hundred people are they ready for? Because eventually, they're going to be supporting the code that's only in Git, right? Yes. So are they so, ready for that? Yeah, they're all trained too, so all they know right. exactly what to do. All right, so interesting. Because uh, they've now they've taken RS3 already. So they've already got one version of Git they're supporting. Okay, gotcha. Because yeah, when I think about 
DevOps, I always think about it as three parts. There's the people, the process, and the products. We talked about the products, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically TFS with GFVS, GVFS. That's the products that we were able to use to get Windows to get. Yep. We've talked a little bit about the people, and we've kind of interwoven some of the process too, because it sounds like your process hasn't changed a great deal because the branching strategy that you use is exactly the same even though you're working to minimize that. So that process yeah. is the thing that seems like you're working on now, right? You have the, the workflow changed a lot. The dev workflow changed a lot. How so? Well, remember how I said that we pulled a lot of files out and we put them yes. into yes. artifact services? Well, some of those files are needed as part of the dev build. So we had to provide capabilities so that um, when our developers wanted to do a local build, they could pull those files down on an ad-needed basis. So we, we virtualized those two. Um, and they could actually be able to build their solutions effectively. And also, just generally, when you're working with a centralized system, as we said, to a distributed one, um, fundamentally different workflow. You know, this, this whole concept in Git of, of um, checking in and pushing regularly, even if the work is not complete, is a real cultural change for someone that's never done that. And, and gosh, when you start to explain that, you know, you can, re, you know, you can do a, um, uh, you know, a, an interactive merge uh, rebase yeah. and rewrite history, people get really freaked out by that. I didn't that. like that either. So, um, but the, the, if you don't do that, you, you end up trying to use Git like you would the old system. Yep. And I think that's where the struggles come. Yep. And so by embracing the new model forward, and what we do is we have sort of um, two layers, if you like, of branches. We have topic branches where you can rewrite history to your heart's content. Sure. But the moment you do a pull request into what we call an official branch, which is one of those seven layers, then you can no longer rebase and do interactive. So our history persists. Gotcha. So, so we had to train people on that and help them. Got it. So you are doing, so they're, they're getting ready. So it sounds like you are doing topic branches on, what did you call, what did you call one of those seven layers? All, so, so they're official branches. All, official branches, All okay. Windows development is done in topic branches. Got it. You cannot check into an official branch. Without you a pull request. You must work in a topic branch and pull request in. Yeah, we, our team does the exact same thing. Got yeah. it. So, so that, that model they're ready for because yeah. that's what they're going to do. <laughs> what you're going to do now is to simply work on removing those official branches Absolutely. until you get down to seven. Absolutely. Just, got yeah. it. Got it. Um, and then that's predicated on the fact that you have a build system that can verify those changes in a timely manner. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're in a, a world of hurt, which I yeah. completely I mean, understand. The, the utopia, obviously, is to have a master branch with lots of topics off it where people it's are what just we do in changes. VSDS, yeah. Um, but to do that, you've really got to have a, uh, you know, some form of build verification system that can keep updated every 10 minutes or so about the state of the build. Yeah, we, they run, in the VSTS team, they run 600 pull requests a day. Mm -hmm. And they are about 30 minutes long, but they run 70,000 unit tests in seven minutes right. of that 30 minutes, right? So they're constantly being able to verify that. And if you have a 21-hour build, then yeah, all that concept goes out of the window for yeah. you, for sure. Uh, that's that's a fascinating. So it sounds like if, if someone were to watch this show and say, okay, we're about to go on a very centralized to distributed version control, mm -hmm. we have a very large code base, it sounds like some of the best practices or things that they should work on is adjust everyone's expectations on what it is that they're going to get because it is drastically different. Yep. And it was funny because when you said you reached acceptance and the training was important, I hated it until I found this book. There is, there's a book that you can go on Amazon. It's free. And, and if someone reminds me in the comments, I'll, I'll put a link to the book. And I read this 45-page book that was sort of like, just relax, just breathe, right? We're gonna, and it's like the fundamentals, it's different, stop trying yeah. to make it the same. And I got comfortable with it, and then I started to see the light, right? And now I don't hate it. Uh, I still get confused sometimes. Right? I'm still frightened of a rebase, right? I, I, I'm a little 
afraid of that. So I just try to be really good with my check-in so I don't right. have to go back and, and mix stuff up. But I'm starting to, I'm over my fear, right? I, don't, I can't remember the last time I used a centralized version control system, even for my personal or private stuff. So it seems like education is key. Yep. Expectation management is also very, very important yep. to make sure. And then obviously you, making sure you choose the right tools uh, with, or even invent the right tools as we had to do. And that's what's really important there too is that we've already contributed back GVFS so people don't have to go figure that out again. So that's back in open source. There's a GitHub repo for that. So it can be implemented on other platforms and, and be made available even in other Git repositories too. Yeah, totally. I mean, this was a, a big thing for us. We did not want to fork Git. That would be a disaster. Okay. Um, and initially, I should say that um, our first versions of GBFS when we started off, before we went to production for our internally, was we tried not to modify any Git code at all. So it was all on the periphery. And we just couldn't do it. We couldn't make it work without making some changes to Git, predominantly around that Git um, in index, how it works. Um, and so there had to be some changes there. Um, and so what we did was we, um, we made those changes and, and collectively the, the guys that own this code now are, are, are really invested in getting this back into the community. Awesome. Um, we've made the GVFS code all publicly available on GitHub. Anybody can go and have a look at that. Um, there is a, um, a filter driver that we provide that you would need to have, which works currently in Windows, in order to make that work. Um, uh, and um, that code isn't readily available at the moment. Sure. Um, and I think it's going to take some time, but we have seen a lot of interest in, in GVFS. In, in, interestingly, um, a number of companies were like rushing to get their support for GVFS um, quickly. Because here's the funny thing is that um, when, when, when Git is so fast normally with a small repo, sure. you know, commands are like sub-seconds. Sure. You don't have to, you can, you can put the commands on the same thread as the UI, it doesn't matter. But the moment you've, you're waiting three or four seconds for a command, it looks like the program's crashed. And so some of our, our, our partners, our, the, the tool vendors out there, had to go and change and multi-thread their, their experiences so the UI was on a different thread from the, uh, from the command because it looks bad. Sure. Um, which, was, which was funny. And also, when we, when we shipped it out, even Visual Studio didn't support Git because um, it supported um, Git through uh, libgit2. Sure. But um, libgit2 doesn't support GVFS. Gotcha. And so with um, uh, Visual Studio 2017, they had to... Um, change the shelling out mechanism to go directly to Git instead of going to libgit2. Interesting. And so now we have full um, uh, GVFS support in Visual Studio as well. Cool. So I'm going to let you go here in just a second. But what what last bits of knowledge or nuggets of if you're going to make this transition yourself, what should they learn from what we learned here at Microsoft when we did this as well? Well, I think that the first the first big uh, advice I give is absolutely don't be frightened of doing this. Um, you know, everybody will tell you, oh, my engineers will never accept this. And, uh, trust me when I say that um, we have some tough nuts to crack here at Microsoft. <laughs> People have been here a long time. I'm sure you know some of them who are hard to convince to change. Um, and if we can do it, anyone can do it. So that's the first thing. And I think you, you nailed some of the, the points um, really well. You know, it's um, really good expectation setting. You know, make sure that you communicate uh, as accurately as possible what you are going to provide and what you're not. Um, secondly, if you make promises about something you're going to deliver later, make sure you can make those dates. Um, because again, every single time you miss a date, they get upset. We ran survey results um, every single month for a year nearly to wow. see how we were doing. Um, and we, were, we, were, we, had two, we had two real questions with a, with a facility for people to 
provide some verbatim, verbatim answers. One was what their experiences was with our Git resources, you know, our training, our support, because we had Git hot DLs where people could get access immediately. We introduced a champion program with all of the different vendors, uh, uh, um, teams, so they would help us support the, the, uh, the onboarding of everyone else. And um, we, we were receiving um, NSAT figures pretty much from day one of around about 140, 150. Um, very happy with the way we rolled it out. Gotcha. Um, and our NSAT went from day one, from about 55, which was uh, <laughs> our own team, I should call out, up to around about 110 now, where we currently are. And the number one issue we hear is performance, performance, performance. Sure. Until Git is, um, for our version of GVFS and Git is uh, sub-second for status, I think that they're going to continue to push us, which is great. As well they should. And we will continue to work on it and make it better. So I think setting expectations is really important. Provide phenomenal training, as, as you mentioned, I think is, is, is vital as well. And, um, and, and provide clear justification of why you're making any change. That's, that's, the, that's what I was about to ask you that, right? Because I'm the first to tell our customers, don't move to Git because you see everyone else moving to that's Git. That's a disastrous idea. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. And, and they'll say, oh, Microsoft's using Git. Maybe we should, like, no. Yeah. What problems do you have today with what your system's doing that Git's going to solve for you tomorrow? Because the learning curve is hard. I mean, that, I don't think anyone will argue that, right? The fact that I need to have armies of training and literature lets you know that that learning curve is not simple. I can teach my mother how to use TFVC, right? Right. Get latest, check in, check out. Three commands, you're ready to <laughs> rock and roll for a while, right? Yeah. That is not the case with Git. And the reason why is because it's so powerful, it's more difficult to learn. That's how I mean. That's how I justify anything. It, it, it's extremely powerful, but it comes at a cost. And I tell everyone, do not move to Git. I'm going to look at you right now. Do not move to Git just because you just heard that Windows is using Git and you know yeah. VSTS is using Git. You move to Git when it solves a problem for you, when it Absolutely. allows you to move faster than you move today, if that is even your goal, right? Because some delivery cadences aren't in hindered by their source control, right? Even though they're using centralized. So I wanted to make sure, even though you see us talking a lot about Git, please do not just move to Git because you see us moving to Git. That is not the right reason to move. Something I will say that um, we did a lot of interviews with people who had moved to Git before we did the move. Oh, okay. And um, we heard the same story with every single person we spoke to. They all said the same thing, that initially they hated it. They struggled, they <laughs> fought, they didn't understand how to use it. It wasn't right for them. And then they all talk about, you know, they all describe it differently. You know, that a light bulb goes off, they yeah. have an epiphany, a eureka moment. And all of a sudden, it makes sense. And overnight, they are substantially happy. And we would say, would you go back to your old one? They go, no, 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 never go back. Yeah, I, 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 don't, even, I don't even consider it. But it's not like I have an allergic reaction to the thought. I could go work on a team that's still using centralized version yeah. control. Um, but yeah, anything that I do, it's always get in it and let's go, right? I mean, I'm ready to rock and roll. I, I think the, the important message for people to take away, though, is, is that the, you are going to hit that that, that period of confusion and frustration. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how well you prepare, you're going to hit it. The best you can do is you can try and make it as small as possible. And that's what our goal was. We wanted to make the transition period a matter of days or weeks rather than a matter of months or years. Awesome. That's good advice, too. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure to come. Yeah, because I, I, everyone always asks us that. Because, like I said, I'll do a presentation. I'll talk about we handle Windows and then nothing but questions. Like, really? <laughs> How are you doing that? It's 300 gigabytes. Come on, Donovan. Yeah. I mean, you have to sit down and talk to them. So I really appreciate People are going to be dying to see the show. So thank you so much for awesome. coming. Thanks very right. much. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Perfect.